Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. We are back with another epipod for y'all. The big five three. What do they do with marriages, you know? Because if 50 is diamond, oh, um, it's like 51. Copper's worth more now than diamonds, that's right? That's true. 51's I mean, copper. And if, and if the TV my parents watch is any indication, gold is still really valuable. <laughs> Let's see. It's a 53. Civil War chess set? Yep. Pewter? Uh, yeah, that's right. Do you remember that commercial? I remember up? that. Was that a regional thing or was that nationwide? Uh, it was, um, what was that called? It was the... Civil War chess set? No, but it was... It war was... Between the States chess set? Is that what they called it down and down? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the War of Northern Aggression chess set? <laughs> that's right. It was something mint. Lexington mint oh. or something that made those. Yeah. And it was like, that was a big deal. It was like, oh, this comes from the... Such and such mint. Like, right. oh, oh well, in that case. It's legitimate. I'm definitely going to need to get that. Yeah. Along with my Elvis Presley plate set. Yeah. That's actually the 53rd anniversary gift is an Elvis Presley plate set. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Matt, you got any updates for us today? What's going on? And we've got a couple updates today. And as longtime Finest Work fans know, we have a few heroes on Finest Work songs. So Michael Winslow, mm-hmm. hero. Bobby check. Brown. Bobby Brown, check. Changing Bunker, check. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're heroes. Not, hey, hero. Mm, I'm going to be up laying awake tonight trying to figure that out. Is it hero or heroes for <laughs> yeah, that's them? That's a good point. Changing Bunker, we've got an update on them. They were the original Siamese twins, settled <laughs> in Western North Carolina, married twin sisters, mm-hmm. fathered a boatload of kids. Yeah. While still attached to one another. My favorite part of that of what you just said is that you could have stopped at any point yep. and it would be worth talking about. Right. <laughs> These original Siamese twins, yep. stop. Settled in North Carolina, stop. Married twins. Married twins. What? So we've got an update on Chang and Ng. Oh so my gosh. The Oakwood neighborhood in Raleigh has a newsletter. And on the cover is a photo of a street called Bloodworth Street from circa 1909. And in this photo is a young boy with a goat. That says the photograph was taken in front of this home. It was the residence of Louisa Bunker Haynes, <gasps> daughter of Chang Bunker, <gasps> one of the original Siamese twins. <gasps> Louisa was a widow with 10 children who were grown by this time. She was, quote, a deaf mute lady of rare intelligence. <laughs> oh my gosh. A deaf mute lady of, of rare, rare intelligence. Yeah. I wonder what constituted rare intelligence back then. And I'm sure the standard for yeah. a person who could speak right. and see was different than yeah. a deaf mute lady. I mean, the fact that she had raised 10 children made her yeah. rarely intelligent. It says she was a widow. What if her husband just got tired of her <laughs> and she couldn't see or hear him? So he was still around. He was still around. But behind her. Around the yeah, around the whole house. She makes him the eat, he goes and takes it. She's like, Oh, I wonder where that went. I guess one of the kids took it. He's like stealing all her pies off the windowsill. Exactly. But he's not quiet about it. He's stomping around. Yeah, I don't know how he said he'd be sneaking around. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man, that husband was terrible. Bad guy. Another uh, topic frequently brought up is our desire to go to Benson Mule Days yes. at some point. What is Benson Mule Days? Benson for? Mule Days, oh, I mean, it is what you think it would be. It is a mule-focused festival in Benson, North Carolina, mm-hmm. where there are mule parades and activities and probably like talent, I'm guessing. I bet. But every person that brings their mule up there is just doing the thing where, like, the horse counts by clopping. <laughs> Three guys are back there going, he stole my oh, act. Man, yeah. And then there's the one that paints. 
and, and he always wins. <laughs> Listener Michael Johnson actually sent us this photo from Fainting Goat Brewery, Fuquay Varina, North Carolina. He sent a picture of their tap listing, and on tap they had a Mule Days Pilsner <gasps> on tap. So, Mule Days Pilsner. Yes. <laughs> so, All right. When we go to Mule Days. We're going to get a six-pack of that, sit in the back of my truck at Mule Days. And do a, a remote podcast yes. while drinking Mule yeah. Days Pilsner. I like it. Man, 2021's looking up. And we're also excited, in addition to those updates, to bring you another installment of Kenny Gmail. Kenny Gmail is our opportunity to read legitimate, well-thought-out, sincere, genuine emails from you, the finest work fans. So this first Kenny Gmail comes to us uh, in response to our Jimmy Eat World Bleed American Epipod. Okay. With our guest, Micah. This Kenny Gmail says, I have learned some important matters through your site post. One thing I would like to mention is that there are several games available and which are designed in particular for toddler age kids. What do they say they enjoy? Our site post? Site post. Apparently there are games available. Again, there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes with our website. We had no idea what's happening. Games. And- I think that they're posting that to share with us. They know this is a family podcast. This Kenny Gmail comes from Noble Mailer. M-E-H-L-E-R is Noble's last name. And Noble writes, Make delicious African soups like a pro in your own kitchen. <laughs> Indulge in becoming an expert at creating various and flavorful forms of Ghanaian, Ghanaian? Ghanaian soups using tasty ingredients such as tomatoes, peanuts, spinach, and more through easy-to-follow cookbooks. You must know that we are connoisseurs of soup. Particularly African soups. Yeah. Well, that's an area that I feel a little bit less capable. It's sure. European, no problem. Nailed it. American soups. In my sleep. <laughs> Canadian. What would Canadian soup be? It's, it's syrup. It's maple leaf syrup and beer. <laughs> you come here for the music, you stay for the African soup recipes. <laughs> Matt, what album are we covering today on Finest Work Song? Today we are going to be talking about Anderson Pack's Ventura. This is a little bit of a risk for us. It's a little bit of a departure because we generally go with the agreed upon classics. Written in stone. We are going to determine if this is just an album that I like or if we think that this might go down as a legit classic album of the 2010s. We always start with our memories. Matt, what is your memory of Anderson Pack's Ventura? I have literally zero memories of (laughs) Anderson Pack's Ventura. Having said that, Anderson Pack is someone that's been on my periphery for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. He's one of these guys who, if you're halfway paying attention to music, pops up from time to time. Probably the two things I knew about him before this was there was a Heineken commercial that featured oh, yeah. Anderson Pack, right. which was actually really intriguing because you see this beer commercial in 30 seconds, it gives you a little bit of info on his background. And I, mean, I felt like I got a good sense of who he was, even in that commercial. The less cool thing I knew about him was that I know recently he's collaborated with Bruno Mars mm-hmm. on Silk Sonic. I'm talking kissing, cuddling, rose petals in the bathtub. That's honestly 
about the extent of my Anderson Pack knowledge. So I was excited to listen to this. Great. What about you? What's your What's your memory of Anderson Pack? Matt, in my younger days, I was a computer programmer, mm-hmm. but if I'm honest, more of a hacker. One day, I had this crazy dream where a bunch of twins were after me. I know what you're thinking, but it's not, it's not that kind of it's dream. not that kind of dream. It was a bunch of these dudes that all looked the same and they were coming after me and I was gonna get captured, but thankfully I woke up. Then this lady in all this leather shows oh, up. Yeah. Again, not the kind of dream. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with me. <laughs> and, it's hot here. So this leather lady takes me to this older fella in some sort of dystopian mm-hmm. steampunk wasteland sure and i'm like what is going on he's like first things first do you want a red pill or do you want a blue pill okay and i was like whoa why you know he's like red pill you get the truth the mm-hmm. blue pill you get blissful ignorance uh, and because i apparently didn't have parents that taught me any lessons mm-hmm. i took a pill from this strange man in this dystopian wasteland sure <laughs> you know long story short i take this pill I wake up to this reality that we're all humans that have lost this war to machines and we're all just living in this water as in these pods and we're enslaved and tale as old as time. Yep. Song as old as rhyme. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, the twins are after me. I guess they're not twins. They're more like... Clones? Clones. Okay. Yeah, those clones are plaguing me right and left. And every time they come around, they're just like, Mr. Anderson... I'm like, call me Neo. And they're always like, Mr. Anderson. And they all said it. So it was always echoing all around. That's so everything's weird. just Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Someone, I guess, pulled the plug or I woke up from this crazy fever dream. My first words were, Anderson. Somebody's just like, are you talking about that new incredible hip hop artist that collaborates with people like Bruno Mars and uh, Dr. Dre? Oh. I didn't want to tell them the whole crazy yeah. story. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure, that's yeah, what I'm talking that's about. It. Uh-huh. So then that's I had to go out it. and buy the album. Yeah. A crazy dream. It was a crazy dream. The lesson is, don't take pills mm. from a stranger. It's a good life lesson, kids. Yeah. I got nothing on that because we've exhausted all our Keanu Reeves movies already. <laughs> <laughs> How do I work John Wick in this? Right. Yeah. He does not have a deep catalog. He's got a, a long list of a catalog, but there's yeah. nothing deep in there. <laughs> <laughs> Very superficial. In all seriousness, Anderson Pack put out an album in 2016. He put out Malibu. And I heard Oxnard after that, but this one to me just jumped out and grabbed me right away. So much so that I went back and thought, what have I missed with the previous albums? Mm -hmm. And then I went back and thought, nothing. This album is really special. Okay, It's really different. I'm curious to hear what you think. And for the listeners uh, to whom this is new, what they think. Do we feel it belongs in the catalog of finest work songs? (sighs) Yeah. That's high praise. Yeah. Let's kick it off. The first track is Come Home, featuring none other than Andre 3000. Is he 
Matt, as you began listening to this album, mm-hmm. what were your first thoughts on that? Initially, what I thought was this would be a great song for a HBO show featuring Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman set on the coast of California where they're really rich, mm-hmm. uptight parents dealing with so real life yeah real life yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. it reminds me of big little lies mm-hmm. it has that feel to it what about the music made you think of big little lies i forget what the song is the theme song of that one to me it has that same feel to it to me it's kind of this throwback yeah. sound I know I'm attributing to a two-season HBO <laughs> series. It has a similar feel to that Michael Kiwanuka stuff, mm-hmm. that throwback. Mm-hmm. That is a huge aspect of Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. He has this soul, funk, mm-hmm. throwback feel, but he's still a hip-hop artist. Yeah. And so we're going to see where that comes in with Andre 3000 as a guest. Yeah, all I need, all of me on my knees, normally harmony, bumblebee, hummingbird, I'm a nerd, study you, what do you, WWF, we fighting, we might need counseling, possibly more so me, sounds to me, frowns will be grounds to leave, hounds will be looking for you before you drop a tear, I pray them, stop pretending that I ain't him, I ain't them, them some dumpling, I remember when you start dying, them silver heads and start hiding from your age, I ask why I come, amazing how time can run away from us, I'm no nun, you're no priest, but I promise, hun, you gon' see a phenomenon, come with me like it's Ramadan, I don't eat like it's Comic-Con, I'm a freak for you, yeah. yeah. I'm begging now, pretty please, with cherries on top. Harriet Tubman, don't give up. And if your gut tells you to strut, then strut, then I'll hail you a car. But what man won't beg? You know I'm nutmeg. I will show up on a little moped with a little puppet. It'll be fluffy. You will untough and we can discuss it. You know I'm suffering. I don't miss my friend. I don't like my fan. Bent up till I come well. That's ill if I'm sweet stuff. Will I want wish stuck? Fill up on leaks. That minimum week. Gonna get along. Peace and intercom. Jesus, been along. T-I-M-E-M. Please, I'm feeling down. Please, I'm feeling down. Please, I'm feeling down. If there was ever someone who I would not be surprised to see roll up on a moped with a little puppy that's fluffy, yeah, it's Andre 3000. It is him. Gosh, <laughs> dude. This shows how adept Anderson Pack is of blending things together. Mm-hmm. I will say that the first couple times I listened to this, it seemed kind of jarring to me okay. to go from Anderson Pack to Andre 3000, almost to the point where I was thinking, do you really need Andre 3000? As I listened to it more and more, I think if you just had that Anderson Pack song, like another verse of that, mm-hmm. to me, it would almost get a little tired. So Andre 3000 definitely brings an energy to the song. The rapping he does and, and the references he makes are just all over the place and they're hilarious and they're insightful. As I've listened to it more, I think it adds a lot. It's a big deal, apparently, for Andre 3000 to come show up on your track mm-hmm. he has become somewhat of a recluse mm-hmm. people don't know really where he is uh, a lot of times and a picture popped up on instagram and it was andre 3000 standing there and he's smiling his hair's kind of graying because yeah. he's getting older but he wasn't all done up and he's holding a big wooden flute the collective <laughs> opinion was then oh he's fine he's doing just fine matt if you had been gone for a while and a picture showed up with you and your hair's all kind of bushy yep. and long and you're wearing some sort of robe and carrying a wooden flute i don't know that our worried. collective opinion would be oh, good. oh he's good he's fine but i mean what picture of andre 3000 would make people go oh he's not we need to look in on him would it be like him in a, in a bank <laughs> yeah, right. as a banker i like mean a, well, like a suit yeah there was video of him it started on twitter because uh-huh. this, this person was like 
there's a guy walking around the terminal here in in the Atlanta airport playing a clarinet or a flute or something. <laughs> Someone figured out it was Andre 3000. I don't know if he was going somewhere or if he was just like, I'm going to go to the airport and, and serenade people with my musical abilities. If he wasn't as good of a rapper, he would just be a novelty. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny his skill. And then he's just so weird with his fashion. Yeah. That ability to cross over tastes and genres and geographies mm-hmm. and styles not knowing a whole lot about Anderson Pack, that fits perfectly into the Anderson Pack universe. Yeah. It makes sense that the two of them would collaborate on a song. Matt, speaking of the flute, there's a jazz flute on this song. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Quite prominent. Anytime I hear that, I immediately think of Will Ferrell in Anchorman. Guys, East Harlem Shakedown, E flat. Keep the symbol splashy, and uh, Jerry, let's take the bass line for a walk. <laughs> I'm not hearing it right. Hold on. Lizzo kills it with the flute. I feel like there's a little uptick, though. There's kind of a callback now. Every 25 years. It's like the cicada of woodwind instruments. (laughs) This is a love song. Sure. The one thing that Anderson Pack said is, I'm begging you, please come home. And he says, no one even begs anymore. Mm -hmm. And and he even talked about that. You don't hear that kind of desperation that you used to hear in Motown songs. It was like, baby, please come home. There's Mm -hmm. nothing like that anymore. The love theme continues with the next song, Matt, featuring none other than Smokey Robinson on the backing vocals in the chorus. This is Make It Better. I remember you and me, close as any two can be, now we're strangers in the night, awkward in the tight. Smokey sounds right at home on this. He does, but I kind of want more Smokey. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants more Smokey, except for Quincy Jones and the recording of the We Are the World, (laughs) where he doesn't even give Smokey a solo. Right. If you hadn't told me that was Smokey Robinson, you played the song and said, hey, who's that singing in the background? I don't know if I would have been able to tell you. It was Smokey Robinson. I don't think I could have picked it out either. Malibu was actually his second, but it was his first one collaborating with Dr. Dre. Okay. And in that one, he set that tone of his soul and the funk and everything and the the combination that Anderson Pac feel. With Oxnard, he brought in a ton of guest rappers. The production was more influenced by Dr. Dre Mm -hmm. and it was less of that soul feel, less of Anderson Pac singing. And the critique of it was that the rappers that came in kind of took over. Okay. People read a lot into when someone is a guest. Sure. That's one of the greatest things about hip hop is that people are always collaborating. Yeah. And when you come in as a guest, you're kind of supposed to honor the song. Sometimes you can outshine people. Yep. We talked about on Tribe when Busta Rhymes came yep. on and he just completely owned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicki Minaj just crushed everyone on Kanye West's monster. Mm-hmm. There's moments where it kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. Former guest Taylor Roberts and I can't stand 50 cent coming in on the latest run the jewels album it sounds completely out of place right so it's like you have to be yourself and do your thing 
Yep. But then you also, you got to be able to fit in. And honor the song, like yeah. you said. After all the critique of Oxnard basically saying like, hey man, you lost kind of who you are. Mm-hmm. The production changed. These guest rappers came in and they were too prominent. It seemed that one of the goals with Ventura was to have people blend in a lot more. Oh, I gotcha. So Andre 3000 is a good example of perfectly fits the song mm-hmm. and honors it. But then when they bring in some of the other people in here, like Smokey Robinson, they're so far in the background at times that you can't really tell. Right. It's a bit of a course correction based on the previous production style. Yeah. I would have loved to hear Smokey take a verse. That's what I was going to say. The harmony sounds great. It sounds wonderful. I don't think it would have dramatically changed the song. I just really want to hear Smokey Robinson sing sing a verse. I almost feel bad saying it's a great throwback song because when you say throwback over and over, you're insinuating that like, oh, this is someone who's just kind of hitching their wagon to an older sound and and they're not doing anything new. And that's not what's going on here at all. He's absorbed Motown and funk and old soul songs and he's creating a sound of his own that's really incredible and really compelling. Having said that, man, give Smokey a line. Yeah, (laughs) the world always needs more Smokey. I love the tension of these love songs because already he's like, come home. And then this song is, do you want to make it better? Not just that you do you want to stay together. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> At any point, if you've been married for a couple of years, you look back and remember just that bright-eyed romance mm-hmm. of early relationship. Yep. And you kind of go, well, we can't keep riding on that. Yep. We got to keep working on this. Yeah. I like meet me at the hotel motel. Yeah. Though we got a room at home, <laughs> go to a place that we don't know so well. I think he was inspired by the Pina Colada song. If you like Pina Colada. What what does that say? If you like I mean, Pina Colada, you know. I mean, I know that song. <laughs> Do you, oh, yeah. Have you heard the song yeah. before? <laughs> if you not, I'll sing it for you. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a little bit different, but it's this guy who's not happy in his relationship mm-hmm. and answers this ad. <gasps> and when he gets to the bar after answering the ad, it's his wife or his what? girlfriend, and she's also answered the same ad. <gasps> Wait, so who put the ad? Who put out the ad? It's a good question. Some third random sleaze ball like, hey, somebody's <laughs> in the corner watching. It's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> It worked. Oh, man. <laughs> and so is it a happy ending? Yeah, it's a happy ending because they both like pina coladas and taking walks in the rain. Oh, you were going to cheat on me. <laughs> you were going to cheat on me too, but we were going to do it in the same manner. So it's great. Yeah, that's that's seemingly how it ends. In the 70s, yeah. that's like good news. It's like, of course you're going to cheat and swing. <laughs> and the fact that you ended up together means that's true love. True love. True love. Oh, my gosh. 70s. <laughs> you're so gross. You're so gross. And then the 80s are like, you think you're gross? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do more cocaine and see what that does. We always talk about the 80s and cocaine because it was so prevalent. Yeah. Cocaine has existed prior to the 80s right. and since the 80s. Yeah. But the 80s, I'll bet, was the only decade where they rolled up $100 bills in order to <laughs> snort it. Ugh. Moving on. This is track three, Reaching Too Much. All right, Matt, I got to stop there. Okay. Does that remind you anything, the beginning, the bass? The bass? Here, play, play the bass. Not off the top of my head. This is what it makes me think of. All right, we got to get the bass sound from Knight Rider. Yeah. That's what I'm going for with this. Just think if he had had Hasselhoff guest on oh, that man. track. Because you know Gosh. Hasselhoff can rap. You know that he has. Let's look it up. Here we go. I just put 
David Hasselhoff rap. Of course. Yep. My daddy was a what? Planet. A planet? This was on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. So that's fairly recent. Yeah. That's not like, hey, it's the early days of rap. All I have to do is speak in this cadence. Yeah. Well, that's what he's doing. Right. He's well, doing that's true, early days it would of be, rap. It would be that era. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, he's such a genius. All right. So where were we with this song? <laughs> it picks up. I'll pick up where we were. Night Rider. Yep. Again, the relationship album continues. Yep. But I'm not sure what he's talking about with like, I see you reaching, baby. What are you reaching for? Scott was trying to figure that out. Is she reaching for him? Because he says, I see you too much, baby. I need to take some. Is she just trying too hard in the relationship? That's how it comes across. Uh huh. Again, us trying to figure yeah. out relationship <laughs> stuff on a podcast right. or at all. What do you think he means by this? When he says baby, is he talking to a real baby? <laughs> You know, the song actually halfway, it yep. shifts gears. They're in a relationship, mm -hmm. but either she's pushing too hard, she wants more, mm -hmm. or he's trying to keep it casual. It definitely seems like one of them wants a lot more out of this relationship than the other. Yeah. I would think that would be her. Yeah. He even says, how can one thing mean so much to you and so little to me? <laughs> right. Yeah, this is a bit of a roller coaster album so far, because at first he's like, baby, come home. Yeah. He's like, do you want to make it better? Let's try to make some new memories. Yeah. And then she does, and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my God. ease up. Slow your roll. Yeah. People still <laughs> say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Brandon Anderson, he is a drummer. Watch the Tiny Desk concert oh, yeah. on NPR. It's, that, a, it's amazing. He became well-known through that. He's an incredible drummer. Apparently, he grew up in the church drumming. Even early on when he was trying to make it, every Sunday he's in the church because they would pay him. That was the only way he was making money was to go back and play in the church, which gospel drumming is. That's another one of my nightmares is being dropped into a gospel band. And they're like, here we go. So all right, so your your nightmare scenarios are so gospel drumming. Yep. It's like being dropped in or being dropped into a rap battle. Yes. Those are your two. Yeah. Okay. But the gospel drumming, man, it's just you have to have chops. Yeah. I've heard that Silk Sonic, mm -hmm. the 
new song with Bruno Mars. He played the drum track in one take. Oh, wow. He's incredible. So this is the relationship album. It's not just the couple's relationship, but yeah. it more comes even just in people mm-hmm. being together. Mm-hmm. He talks about how his albums Ventura, Malibu, Oxnard, and uh, Venice. Venice. Yeah. How each of those is different. I think Venice is sort of like drug, sex, crazy, mm-hmm. thematic, kind of like Venice and his time in mm-hmm. Venice. Malibu, I think, deals with his childhood, which was pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Both his parents were in jail at one time. Oh, wow. He had a really tough upbringing. He gets more introspective mm-hmm. and more emotive. Right. I can't remember what Oxnard is about. It's not as personal. Yeah. Maybe it's him like separating from that past a yeah, little bit. Maybe. He talks about each city has different memories and different experiences, and he mm-hmm. writes from that. There's an outline there. There's a plan to do that. Oh, this is going to be the introspective album. This is going to be the romantic album. Yeah. You're sort of going along the way and, and tying it back to these places where you that impacted you so much. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not something where you just go, oh, well, this album's kind of coming together. I think this one's going to be more of a, a love album. Ah, maybe I'll, I'm going to call this one Ventura. It seems to me like there's more of a plan. There's an intentionality. It doesn't hurt to be picked up by Dr. Dre no, as one of his protégés. <laughs> Good company there with Snoop, Eminem, and others. Oxnard and Ventura were recorded around the same time. Okay. Ventura came out just a few months after Oxnard. And I think part of that was Oxnard, maybe them working more closely together. Mm-hmm. And then Pac saying, let me go in this Ventura direction. And yeah. Dr. Dre giving us chart my own path a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe kind of getting back to more Malibu stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is more who I am. Yeah. This blend. So meanwhile, Anderson Pack is touring around the world. He's selling out arenas, becoming more and more famous. Never has radio hits. No. But he's winning Grammys. Yeah. And he's in the Trolls 2 movie. <laughs> I mean, that's as big as you can get. Yeah. You know, when I mentioned earlier, being aware of him, but then kind of like stepping back and going, well, I don't know any of this music. When he would come around on tour, people I knew who knew music were so amped up to go yeah. see Anderson Pack. If you're only listening to Top 40 radio or rock radio, you're probably not stumbling across Anderson Pack. But if you're willing to dip your toe in lots of different genres, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to hear him and, and really begin to appreciate how talented he is. And it speaks to the music industry now. It would be unheard of for this to happen mm-hmm. back then, but mm-hmm. the power of the internet brings us things like David Hasselhoff rapping. <laughs> And also makes it so that Anderson Pack can become really famous without having huge radio songs. That Tiny Desk concert is the most watched one of that entire series. I think you're right. By far. Yeah. It's highly entertaining to to watch and to see how he almost effortlessly does what he does. Oh my gosh. The singing and playing at the same time. Yeah. Not just that. There are other drummers who do that. Don Henley. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for nothing, Don Henley. <laughs> Who else? Phil Collins singing Mickey drummers. Mickey Dolans. That's right, of the Monkees. Yes. It wouldn't be an epipod yes. of Finest Work Songs if Matt didn't bring it back, which you can also bring it back, Matt. Anderson Pack has worked with Ninth Wonder. Yep. And Rhapsody. Yeah. She appeared on Oxnard, I think. There you go. Uh, or maybe it was Malibu. But there's always a tie to North there's Carolina. There's always a tie. And the Monkees. All right, next track, King James. state of alert 
protest song king james refers to lebron right and how lebron has used his platform hearing anderson pack talk about it saying there's a time when athletes were just saying hey i don't care what's going on socially i just need to keep my mouth shut and toe the line and play sports yeah michael jordan famously saying republicans buy choose too yes so that's like the height of it now you have figures who are leveraging their platform mm-hmm. to speak out against the issues that are prominent and repeating and systemic mm-hmm. of African-Americans being murdered, of mistreatment, of systemic racism. And the, the double standards yeah. know, of in references Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. taking a knee. And it's the shut up and play mentality. Right. Just, we want to come to watch you play basketball or football or whatever. We don't want to hear your stance on politics. Some things I read, they were basically saying... It wasn't direct enough. Oh, really? Yeah. When you're talking about subjects like inequality, racism, Mm -hmm. double standards, you need arguments on every level of the spectrum. Sure. You need a more subtle argument. You need passive aggressiveness sometimes. (laughs) You You need someone who is going to do it in a way that speaks to one segment of the population that wouldn't get it if you were blatantly aggressive and hitting them over the head and, and making it completely black and white. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what he's doing with this. You still know what, what he's talking about. He might be using some terms or some references that you're just kind of bopping along to the music. You may not necessarily catch immediately, but if you spend 10 seconds with the lyrics, you know what he's talking about. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Album is 11 songs, 40 minutes, and we're actually going to end with the closing song, which is What Can We Do, featuring the late, great Nate Dog. Yeah. Mm. It's the rap singer, the hook cast, real live crime, big son of a gas. Heart made of so cold, cause my girl up and gone, she'll be back in the morning. Go mama, take your drama, seems like I can't live without yeah, another bag and she left me in the mold while the bubble over stove. As I was dreaming of a bag, then I woke, you were starting to snow. And in the bed full of cash, you slowly rolled over and whispered right to me. That's just the way things have to be. I mean, of all the 
songs on this album. This is probably my favorite one. Oh, yeah. It's just such a fun song. Mm -hmm. Again, it's got that throwback style to it. It's got that that sitar sound in the background. Does that remind you of any particular song? Yeah, I was trying to think of the one it reminds me the most of. There's something in my head that it reminds me of, and I cannot. Right. And I spent a long time trying trying to to find it. I can even kind of hear it. But I didn't know what to type in to find it. Right. Sitar-esque guitar. You were like 60 George Harrison Yeah, songs. George Harrison? Is that what you want? No. Um, but this song, this song kind of has it. Didn't I blow your mind this time? That is one of those sounds that you play it and it throws back mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Kind of like the jazz flute. Yeah, talk about a, an instrument that had like a blip in time. Oh, everybody's working a sitar into a song. This is the one. This has a throwback feel that you love. I love the song. I love just the, the harmonies to it. Speaking of how we don't want to just talk about it as a throwback because we don't want to disparage that term at all. Then to have Nate Dog on it too mm-hmm. modernizes it and gives it a contemporary feel beyond just this Hey, we're going to do this throwback song that sounds like Motown. That's right. Working with Dr. Dre, who has access to apparently a ton of recordings of Nate Dogg over the years. Oh, cool. You may say, I kind of recognize Nate Dogg. Where do I know that voice from? Mm-hmm. And it's from this. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. He's known as the king of hooks. Because over the years, he appears in all of these songs. Sadly, he suffered two strokes in 2007 and died in 2011. It's really cool how this is a song that they were able to make using, I guess, something that he had recorded. Yeah. But the fact that you could take that and make it fit on this album. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's a perfect bookend to starting off the album with Come Home, this relational Mm -hmm. reaching out, and then it ends with another relational song. You know, it varies in between in the album, but definitely thematically yeah. it fits. And I love strong closing tracks. Oh, yeah. It feels like it's so rare that you would be bold enough to take an incredible song and, and put it at the end. Because it's a song that's catchy enough that it could be an album opener. The importance of albums has kind of faded. We're past the days of, oh, man, you know, the second side of this album is one of the best sides of an album ever. And, and mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe they... You know, they start this album with this song and they already end it with this one. But for him to close an album like this, again, speaks to his ability to get a sense of an album as a package and as a story and yeah. as a, a bookend, like you said. Matt, here are some classic closing songs. Closing Time by Semi Sonic. That's right. Yep. That's the one. That's the, that's one. the list. Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> Purple Rain was a closing track. Oh, that's a good closer. All Apologies yeah. by Nirvana. Famously, The Beatles, A Day in the Life. Mm-hmm. But that's a closing track that feels like a closing track yeah. because of all the changes and everything. Mm-hmm. That's just a great choice. You Can't Always Get What You Want by The Rolling Stones was a closing track. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a lot of songs that you may not have realized. You got to be patient and get to the end to get to those. Yeah, you got to have confidence to do that. Yeah. Okay, to move on. Listeners, one thing we do here on Finest Work Songs is challenge one another. If you had to take a song off, which one would it be? It's Matt Anderson Pack. It's called Andre 3000 over to pick you up on his moped. <laughs> You're going to drive while he plays jazz flute if you don't take a song off. Actually, that doesn't work. Oh, that's I, I really want to do that. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, so. I want to be the fluffy dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Air Sebag's going to call you up when he's playing drums in church and just be like, get on the kit and go. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Unless you take a song off of Ventura. So, Matt, if you had to, which song would it be? The song that I would take off Ventura is Good Heels. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. It has the word heels in the song, and I'm an <laughs> NC State fan. Um, <laughs> I mean, Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. That's how I got you to do this. Yeah, you're like, I was like, we're doing the Anderson Pack. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's a short song. It seems like an interlude melodically and rhythmically. It to me doesn't fit the rest of the songs on this album. Okay. So, what about you? What song would you remove? Matt, I had a really difficult time mm-hmm. with this one. I don't have strong feelings. I'm just going to say that you convinced me with good heels. Okay. And so yes. I would remove that one as well. Well done. All right. We've got this guy, started out as Breezy Lovejoy, puts out an album. He experiences homelessness at one point because he got fired from the marijuana farm. He's got a wife and a kid. He's struggling to make it work, and it really pays off because he has an incredible, cool voice. Yeah, we didn't really talk about his voice much. I mean, his voice is really distinct. It's got that raspiness. It has that Q-tip quality. Yeah. Not that it sounds like Q-tip, but that it's a voice that plays a factor in you Mm -hmm. making it. But he's got all the talent. And he collaborates with everyone. Yeah. And this album just really stood out. Not just a throwback album, but it's got great rapping, great production. The songs are there. The groove is there. Mm-hmm. I think it will go down as a classic album. So Matt, not to put you on the spot, yep. but do you feel like it was worth doing? you feel like it will be a classic? Or you're just like, I wouldn't say it's going to be classic. I just think it's, it's pretty good. So for me at this point, I think it's a really good album. I don't know if I would consider it a classic, mm-hmm. but... I'm also not the expert on these kinds of things. Well, neither am I. I just have <laughs> strong opinions. I just don't have as deep a catalog of where this R&B or hip-hop album stands or where this one stands in the grand scheme of things. I'm really glad we did this album. I don't know if I'll spend much more time listening to this album. Mm-hmm. At least I now know what the appeal is with Anderson Pack. I get it. I, I can see where that talent comes through and where people are drawn to his sound mm-hmm. and, and his album. It wouldn't surprise me if 25 years from now, people are talking about this as a classic album i just probably wouldn't be listening to it you wouldn't immediately fight someone if they said that 25 nah, years now no nah. i might fight them later but no, not immediately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks everyone for listening just a reminder our season four is closing soon with our listeners choice epipod yes. and so as of the time of this recording we do not know yet what you will be making us review <laughs> but we always look forward to it and so make sure that you check that epipod coming soon As always, you can engage with us on social media at Finest Work Songs. And also be sure to send us your emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. This has been a lot of fun. We can't wait for our next step of pod. But until then, we are going to take you out on this note. Oh boy, they ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle. That's really irresponsible and getting them Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.